0: how to listen to our intuition and tune into that deep inner knowing that authenticity within us for great guidance in all aspects of our life now when we are faced with challenging uncertain or unknown situations it can be really confusing to know the difference between the voice of our intuition and the fearful, self-doubting voice of our inner child that always stops us doing things. So we're going to be breaking down the difference between these two voices, so you can always make authentic and balanced choices and decisions in your life. Okay, David, so let's just begin with some definitions. How would you define intuition?
1: Well, my definition of intuition would be almost like the voice of the Shen, the spirituality of who you are. It's that voice that comes from deep within, that inner knowing, that quieter voice, but that voice of deep wisdom, calm, that creativity. I love the word inspiration. I think that's a great word. Being in your spirit. And so that's what I would call your intuitive nature, what you know to be right.
0: So if that is our intuition or our Shen voice, the flip side of that is that inner child, fearful, self-doubting voice. So what exactly, for new listeners, what do we mean by the inner child?
1: So the inner child is a part of your mind that you may already recognise, but you call it something like your ego, or your emotional mind, or your subconscious mind, it's that kind of negative, some some of my clients say it's like the devil that sits on your shoulder and yaps away at you and tells you what you can't do, but it's highly critical, is stubborn, won't move, always thinks about the worst case scenario, I sometimes call it the 3am mind, you know that when you wake up in the middle of the night and there's that mind that's always looking for the negative, always Knocking you down and finding fault, so that would be the voice of the inner child.
0: So that inner child voice I know you very often say that the inner child voice Talks at you and the Shen voice talks from within you So I, I really want to pick apart what you mean by this inner child voice and it talking at you where does the voice is it located somewhere within our body, that inner child voice? Yes,
1: yeah, so the inner child, and this is slightly different for, for everyone, but I'll give you kind of the overall picture that I find. The inner child normally operates in your mind, in your head, but it's hypercritical. Now, if you've had a difficult childhood, such as parents that criticise you, are very judgmental or always comparing with you, the voice in your head will be very much like them, highly critical, always, it's never good enough. And that's where those three lies come from, isn't it? I'm not good enough, I can't cope, I'm unlovable. And that's the voice of the inner child. But it's almost created a separation, if you think about it. I know it can get a little bit confusing because it's inside your head, but it's almost like outside of you, although it's inside your head, a lot of my clients will say, it's floating around here and it's looking at me And it's saying things like, I'm too fat, I'm too thin, I'm too tall, I'm too small, I'm too skinny, whatever it's saying, it's very critical. Because what it's done, spiritually, it's created a separation. And so it's always talking at you, what we call CCJ. Criticising, comparing, and being judgmental. It's the voice that says, it won't work. You'll let yourself down. It's the voice that says... People are laughing at you behind your back. It's the voice that says, worst case scenario, let's think about the worst case. This is all gonna go bottoms up. This is not gonna work. So that's the voice of the of the inner child talking at you.
0: And so that voice, as you said, is very critical. And it creates one other way to spot it, other than the fact that the the self-talk we get when we're faced with a challenging or uncertain or unfamiliar situation. It's not just negative self-talk. We also experience extreme emotions, extreme red-light emotions that go hand-in-hand with that inner child fearful voice.
1: Yes, so that's one of the techniques that the inner child will use. It's a direct connection to your most negative feelings. Now, the inner child will never want to accept that it creates a feeling, and that's why I like the analogy of the inner child. So if you think about your physical children when they want something, when they're not getting what they wanted. They'll moan and they'll have temper tantrums. They'll be difficult. They'll probably roll on the floor and play up or go to their room. And so they use their emotions. That's very much like that part of your mind does. So if you're constantly in fear, scared, frightened, if you're saying words like, I'm vulnerable, I'm overwhelmed, this is all too much for me. If you're saying words like, I'm unlovable, I can't cope with it, this is the voice of your inner child affecting what you're saying, so the inner child will be in control at those moments.
0: And that that kind of overwhelming tsunami of emotions, we can often misinterpret that as, oh, this is a strong warning sign here that I shouldn't enter into this situation, or a strong warning sign that I shouldn't be with this person. And actually, it can often be, when we get that complete confusion and emotional overwhelm, it can be our inner child holding us back, those fears that we're not good enough, we're not lovable, we're not going to be able to manage this, rather than a sincere message from our authentic intuition. And
1: that's why I think the analogy of the inner child is very powerful, because if those of you who have physical children, have you noticed how your physical children come to you and ask you things at the worst possible time when you're busy preparing a meal or working and they'll come mom dad and they'll moan and they'll groan to get their own way and that's why I think the analogy of the inner child your inner child works in exactly the same way it wants something so for instance as Alex says if it's a partner it doesn't want to be let down perhaps or it thinks that it's people are going to walk away from it so it will try and create a situation where you don't get too deeply into it mm. you know it'll it'll try and it'll tell you it's warning you for instance it'll say oh you have got to be careful here this is not going to work out it'll give you the worst case scenario because it always wants to be stuck onto the familiar things it's used to doing even if it doesn't work mm. The inner child will absolutely favour the familiar even if it's not working. And
0: that's because it wants to keep us safe and protected and it misunderstands that if we stay here, if we stay stuck, if we don't expand, if we don't grow, if we don't flourish, then we've got some sort of measure of safety in staying stuck. But that's what happens. We do just stay stuck then, don't we?
1: Well, th- this is the dilemma that the inner child had. It has, it has this perceived notion that there is such a thing in the universe as emotional safety or emotional protection. And the way it will drive you to try and be safe and protected is to keep on doing the same thing. I think a good maxim for the inner child would be something like, better the devil you know let's stay with what we know, let's not push out, let's not go into the unknown. The inner child really dislikes the unknown, doing something new, going to a new job, going to a new area to live, having a new partner, doing something different, because the inner child would just paint horrors of all the worst case scenarios. So the inner child's thinking is, well, I'm not particularly happy with what we're doing, but at least we know it. And if we step out there, it could get worse. It could be worse. And I don't want to be in a worse position. So let me stay where I am. And that is in direct opposition to your spiritual self, your Shen, which is is saying the opposite. Exactly.
0: So if we are faced with a crossroads in our life, a decision to make, Uh, a challenging situation or a challenging person, if we become fixated on the worst case scenario outcome and only that, we can't think of anything else and we experience extreme overwhelming red light emotions of fear, anxiety, hopelessness, all those alarm bells, we know chances are that this may be our inner child holding us back because if we are faced with exactly the same situation, and we are tuning into our intuition or our shen, our gut instinct, our higher self, whatever you want to call it, our shen handles things completely differently. The voice is different. I
1: think a good way to kind of make that more simple, ask yourself, do I make my life decisions based on my emotions or based on my intellect? So think about that for a moment, the big decisions. You know, new partners, new jobs, new areas to live, changing something really significant in your life. Are you basing that on your intellect, on your inner knowing? Or are you reacting like a pinball machine? That's what I often think about it. A lot of my clients are very much like a pinball machine. They are very reactive to their emotions, but they're missing the point. Here comes again. You can repeat it with me. I say it on every video you are the creator of your emotions. You are not the victim. So therefore, if you're basing your life and your important decisions on your emotions, you've already created your emotions. Remember I said a couple of videos ago, A, B, C. A, the event, B, what you believe and what you think, C, the emotions that you create. Many of my clients do not do A, B, C. They do A, event, C, emotions, B, beliefs. So they're always creating the emotions but not taking responsibility for creating those emotions. So their life is built on reactions. Let me give you an example. What other people think about you? If you're a person that people pleases, and spend your lives how other people are thinking about you behind your back, how you look, how you sound, what kind of job you made. If you're living your life living up to their expectations, to their standards, to their beliefs, then you're doing the A, C, B model. You are working from your emotional base. What we're trying to do is to flip you over and to work from your intellect, from what is true for you. As Alex says, your intuition it has many names, you see. This is why it's a little bit complicated. So choose a name that you like Inner Knowing, Intuition, Gut Feeling. Here's another name a lot of my clients use Gut Feeling. I had a gut feeling about that. So tune into that knowledge and don't be so reactive to your emotions because when you're tuned into your inner knowing, your gut feeling, your intuition, you are more liable to take your time to be more authentic, to be more inspirational, to look at all possibilities rather than just quickly reacting to one worst-case scenario.
0: I'm wondering, David, whether there's a, like an extra layer of subtlety here because a lot of people would say that if you're talking about tuning into your logic and intellect and u- using that as a proactive starting point, for guiding you on important life decisions, then a lot of people will say, well, that's you're talking about my mind again now. You're not talking about Shen. You're not talking about this spiritual other other self, this extra mysterious ingredient. You're talking about the mind. But I'm wondering whether, would you say the Shen is almost like we get a feeling but not
1: we create a we feeling. create
0: a feeling, okay, a fe- we are our, our Shen creates a feeling within us that is not the same as the extreme red light emotional feeling exactly. the inner child creates, mm-hmm. but that feeling is not as overwhelming. It's almost like a little a little buzzer rather than a, a loud alarm bell, and would you say that feeling is us, our Shen? detecting like an energy imbalance with the situation, that hold on a minute. There is something that does need to be looked at here. Things are not as simple or straightforward as they may appear to be.
1: So I think it's a bit simpler than that, Alex. (laughs) I think if you go back to that ABC. Yeah. So A, an event or a situation. B what you think and what you believe about that situation. Now people who work on the emotions They are doing that thought and that belief, but they're not dwelling on it or realizing that they're doing it. They're immediately going to their emotions and they're reacting from the emotions. If you do A, B, C correctly, you have an event or a situation, you then take a moment to consider it in your intellect, as you say, your logic, if you prefer that word, So you logically think about it before you go to your emotions, and then you're addressing the situation from your intellect, from who you are. You are not addressing it from the reaction of an emotion that you've created. So it is, you're you're right in the very saying it's very subtle, because that idea that you are the creator of your emotions are so powerful, because people create an emotion without realizing that they've created it, you see. So they create the emotion without acknowledging or realizing that they're creating it. And then the beliefs is not about the situation. It's a response from the emotion. So if you're coming from your Shen, event or situation or person, now you consider it. And for me, it might be different for you. When I'm considering it, that energy that you talked about, that chi that I would call it, almost comes from deep within you. The Taoists believe we have what, what you may call energy centers, and we call dantians. We, we have three dantians, one that you would normally call your third eye, one that perhaps you would call your heart chakra, and your lower dantian. So we call it upper, middle, lower dantian, one in the third eye, one in the middle of your chest, one down deep behind your pubic bone. And when an event or a situation comes into your life, if you can just pause, take a breath, drop your shoulders. First few times you have to do this, you have to do this really mindfully, because your mind will want to race on now and create emotions. You've got to hold the horses back. You've got to take a breath. You've got to bring that understanding deep in your body. And then for me, the answer comes from deep within. It comes from you. And that's why I think over many years, people use the term gut feeling because it's almost like an inner knowledge coming through to you because now you're responding to the situation and creating a feeling, see But you're in control of that B, that thoughts and belief. So remember A, event or situation. B, what you believe and what you think. C, the emotions that you create. A, B, C. Do not make it A, C, B. Because that's where you run into trouble. And that's when you'll know what's coming at you, the emotions, or what's coming from you. Because that... Inner knowing is so powerful. As I say, I would call it your inspiration, being in spirit. That's where your creativity lies. That's where you can solve any problem. It's where you can find that wu-wei, that flexibility, that movement, that flow. Flow is a word I love using, that even in the most difficult circumstances, you can find a flow around it. And also, here's where your true sensitivity lies. Now, you know, I often talk about highly sensitive people and all these people who say they're ultra sensitive and they misuse their sensitivity because I know with you listening to me, you class yourself as a sensitive person. This is one of your great strengths when it's used in balance. When you don't use words like, oh, I'm oversensitive, oh, everything washes over me. Your sensitivity means that you can address any situation correctly. You can use all of your skills that you've got and be able to find your way, how to find the unique solution that's authentic to you. And more importantly, when you're coming from your lower Dantian, when you're connected to your Shen spirituality, it's much easier to live with those three qualities that I often talk about. Truth. Truth honesty, integrity. So you can now, what you say to people, you know to be the truth. You know it follows your integrity. You walk the walk and talk the talk. And that's when you know that voice is coming from within. And one final Mm -hmm. way to test, one final way. I always say this as well, very important. When you hear that self-talk, would you say this to your physical child? When you say things like, I can't cope, when you say things like, I'm not worthy, when you say things like, I'm not good enough, would you say that to your physical child? And if the answer is no, of course I wouldn't. Don't be ridiculous, David. Would never speak to anybody else the way I speak to myself then you know that you're in the child talking. Mm,
0: brilliant. Thank you, David. Well, if you've enjoyed this teaching, we've got lots m- more other teachings on the Shen and intuition and the inner child and also topics such as the CCJ, the comparing, criticising and being judgmental and how to deal with that aspect of your self-talk. Thank you so much for listening to this week's Wu Wei Wisdom live Lesson. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and please rate and review us to help us grow. If you'd like to work one-to-one with David, he supports clients all over the world every week via video call. You can learn more about David's consultations plus our online events, offers and gifts on our website, wuwaywisdom.com. You can also meet and share with us in our private Facebook group on our YouTube channel and on Instagram. Search for Wu Wei Wisdom and you'll find us. Until next time, stay happy, healthy and in your flow.